Welcome back to Third Base Dugout, Season 3, Episode 6. It is just me and Coots tonight. Mike is gone on some Family Matter stuff. Um, so uh, we will dearly miss him for an episode, but we hope he is back next week. Um, Coots, however, we have something to talk about between you and I. Well, my thought you are, you are You are ditching the podcast on Monday nights <laughs> to play slow-pitch softball. Listen, listen. So now we're going to have to, you know, divert the podcast to another night. You do, you look, you're going to make me feel bad, and, and I'm going to just end up scratching the whole s- slow pitch thing in general. <laughs> now, I mean, I, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Obviously, seeing it while we're playing baseball is always just like, oh, you know, that looks so fun, looks so easy, you know. And now I'm sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, and I need to – need something to do to keep myself moving and this is the perfect opportunity to uh stay active in in a way and you know get some swings in in the least <laughs> that's fair yeah how i do not blame you for for playing slippage softball it's the fact that the league decided to have games on monday night when they know that that is third base dugout night like we like we have to know that going in well listen so it's the way it works out is it's either between eighth the game. It's two games. One is either it either starts at six thirty or it starts at eight thirty. So there will be times where I start at six thirty, but these good. first few these first few weeks are eight thirty. So that would be that. That would be good. Yeah. All right. Well, we can handle that for the first couple of weeks, and then we're gonna need to pick up the six thirty steam a little bit. Um, before we get started on the rest of our business um make sure you go follow us on twitter at third base dugout where you can get updates on our survivor league uh in which we are now in the second week of the season which means i will have an update for you for our survivor league after week one so right now um i'm guessing the braves game is over right uh, it's, uh, it, it's basically the over yeah, yeah. the night 10 to 2 the padres have uh schwacked them today um, which that was actually a very crucial game for the Survivor League. Although we only had one person pick the Padres, they needed they, they were literally sitting at zero heading into that game tonight. So um, that was a literally make or break game for them. So um, overall, the only team that was picked that did not move on was oh, actually I take that back. There were two teams that were picked that did not move on. You had the Mets. Who had a very disappointing week. Very disappointing. With a negative seven run differential. And then the Baltimore Orioles, who had a negative four run differential. And other than that, the Rays, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Padres and the Brewers all um all moved on. So that is about I think like 80% of our league. Picked, um, picked that. So um, let me do a little bit of quick math here. I'll let it be noted that I did not take the Red Sox. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. We had one person take the Red Sox, and that was a bold pick, but it, it worked out. It was a bold pick. <laughs> it worked out. Um, but yeah, no, it's about 75% of our league is still still remaining. So um, a good chunk of the Mets crowd got got knocked off there. So, 
with that left, we will we'll start to announce the people who are left once it kind of dwindles down even further. And so that I'm not naming off like a long, long list. But kudos to us, me, you, and Mike. We're all still in. Yes. Did we all pick the Rays last week? I was Dodgers. You were Dodgers. I think me and Mike were Rays. Yeah. They, and I like that we you. have it written out that uh you you have in the form that it, who they play that week because otherwise I'd be flipping back and forth between a, a couple tabs. You know, I do the grunt work for you. It's much appreciated. And now this week, if you look at the form this week, it tells you how many games they're playing against each team. Yes. So like if they play the Tigers for four games and like the Rangers for three, you can kind of think, all right, we're gonna get a lot more during those four game during that four game series than we might earn in the three game series. So <laughs> Allows you to pick there's, up there, there's a couple I'm I'm already uh, scoping out for. It's a for tough them. week. There's nobody like the Rays who are playing like the Nationals, Tigers, and A's, um, where it was it was going to be kind of an easy pick. This week is not like that. Uh, I, I didn't find one that like as I was typing it up, I was like, oh, this team really stands out. So I I, I went I with the gut and I went with a very very good team um, that I, that I trust dearly. So yeah. That's that is too, that is both teams can that I'm looking at uh, fall into that category. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we will just a little announcement for you all listening to the podcast. Um, we will do another Survivor League after this one ends. So I'm projecting this will go about a month and a half, two months, probably. And then we'll do another one. And we're hoping to grow it each time to help us grow one our grow our brand and two help us interact with y'all. And if you all, you know, just keep up with the major league season as it goes on. It allows for you to kind of keep up with the standings and see who's winning, who's losing, who's doing well, who's not. So um, it's a fun thing to do. Cost nothing. You win nothing. It's a bragging rights. It's a no win, no win situation. Like it's literally a neutral situation. Like you <laughs> do not pay anything. You do not win anything. So that's how it goes. Um. But I guess that can kind of lead us into the, our Rays conversation. Um, the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball history through their first nine games of this season, which is looking very good for your AL East pick. Um, the Rays started out nine and zero against this team uh, against the uh, team of the blind, team of the deaf, and the team of the mute. Um, <laughs> the, the three redheaded stepchildren of Major League Baseball. Um, they had a positive, um, a positive fifty-seven run differential over nine games, which is just absurd. Anyway, I mean, they were beating teams like nine nothing, eleven nothing, um, and unfortunately, the Tigers were on the front end, front end of that. Um, but that is the first time that a team has done that since eighteen eighty-four in their first nine games of the season. So, um, kudos to the Rays. Did not think they'd be this good. Yeah, they are looking spectacular. Um, until they run into the Sox this week, hopefully they can keep this going. Um, in terms of my picks for the season, um, maybe not against my Sox, but um, it it shows no signs of stopping. Nor do the Red Sox really look all that intimidating to them. I'm sure. So, um. We'll see how that series goes, but it's it's exciting to watch the Rays right now with everybody healthy. And, you know, you mentioned them putting up a lot of runs, but they're also not letting up very many runs as well. So no, it, it goes both ways, and they look like a uh, 
well-oiled machine right now. That's for sure. Yep. So right now, um, obviously you have to get to the positive 57 run differential somehow, right? So right <laughs> now they're leading all of baseball uh, with 75 runs scored. They're second in batting average at 289, second to the Cardinals, who yep. currently are like two and six, yeah. or three and six or something. Yeah, the um, math doesn't add. They're first in home runs by six bombs already. They've got 24 homers. The second place team, the Dodgers, have 18. Um, in OPS, they lead by over 100 in OPS, which is absurd. Uh, they have a 967 OPS as a team through nine games. The next closest is the Dodgers with an 866. Um, let's go to the pitching side of things. They lead an ERA by six tenths of a run. Uh, they have a 1.89 team ERA. And uh, they are currently actually a lot lower on strikeouts than I thought they were. So we'll leave that away. But um, leading all baseball and batting average against at 193 and um, runs allowed. They're sitting in first with just 18 runs allowed. So the Rays are very good on both sides of the ball. Um now, given, like we said, when you play the Tigers, Nationals, and A's in that order, <laughs> things don't come difficult. It would be it would be more interesting if they were not playing this well. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. their record didn't, didn't show at least seven wins, I would imagine. Um, I think their first truly tough series will come this weekend at Toronto. I mean, Boston will be tough, but it is at home. Um, you're right, yeah, but you can straight. easily see – Boston taking one yeah. at least. Yeah, at I don't least. think they're going to start thirteen and zero. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I don't think so. Um, but going back to on the flip side is a team that I want to talk about that is off to a good start and is, has also had not the easiest schedule ever. Would be the Twins look really good with. Taking a series from the Astros, which has an asterisk on it because so did the Tigers. So yeah. <laughs> with that said, they did they did lose the series to the Marlins, but there was a couple games that one of the games was a 1-0 loss, which was the Sandy Star, I believe. So that's that's a little was it a little different than uh, some of the other stuff? But then they also sweeped the Royals. So with that said, I think <laughs> they're all also... absurd, man. <laughs> yeah, I look. I just looked at that box score again to make sure it was uh, the Sandy start. But, uh, but yeah, they they look good. Uh, they they are actually pitching well. When we were just looking at these standings for the pitching, as it like the team standings and you know runs allowed and ERA and everything, the Twins are right up there with the Rays as well. So. Yeah, I don't think that's anything we saw coming. Um, hopefully they can sustain that and maybe make a fight in the in the central, which isn't the most competitive most of the time. Uh, I think it's competitive, but it doesn't compare necessarily to some of the other leagues um, or the other divisions. But um, but yeah, they look good. They look exciting. It's fun baseball, obviously. Byron Buxton and yep. Joey Gallo's been hitting Rand. Only for whatever reason. So I was about to say uh, Joey Gallo with three pumps already this year. Uh, yeah, I'm happy happy for Joey getting yeah. out of 
getting out of New York and getting his feet under him. Hopefully he can sustain that. Yeah. Um, just while I was looking at the leaderboard, um, just while we were talking about it, Wander Franco might might have his like you know breakout year this year. Uh, right now, so far he's batting three fifty one with four homers, which is second in baseball. Uh, nine RBIs, two stolen bases, and a eleven fifty OPS. Um, yeah. So he's 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 killing it early, um, and maybe this might be the year that that we see what what the full hype of Wander Franco was. Yeah. Fingers um, crossed he he can stay healthy. Yeah, you know he was he was playing well last season up until the point he got injured. Um, not quite to the to what he's doing right now in his start now, but I will be excited to see him play throughout the season if he can stay healthy. Um, another person on the tops of those home run leaderboards is Brian Reynolds, who is setting himself up to get paid mm-hmm. if he. One decides to leave Pittsburgh, or Pittsburgh could pay him as well. Um, if they decide to keep him around, yeah. Um, but he's off to a hot start. It's always funny what looking at these, uh, you know, first week or two standings of things, just seeing who who shakes out in certain scenarios and what teams are on top, and you know, guys, guys or teams individually that stick out amongst some that you we knew that would be at the tops of the rankings and then there's just randomly the you know the twins on the pitching side of things or you know just people we didn't expect to see there it's it's fun it's fun to look at guess who is five and three against the dodgers so far say it again Guess who is five and three against the Dodgers so far? They've already played eight times. Okay. Oh, the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are five and three against the Dodgers already. Also crazy that they've played each other this much already. Two four game series in the first yeah. week of the season. And then the Guardians have played the, the Mariners six or seven times yeah. already, too. Crazy. Which that's crazy. not even yeah. That's not but, even uh, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> So yeah, but I mean the Do- the Diamondbacks just beat the Dodgers in three straight. Lost the first game of the second four game set, uh, and then beat them six to three, twelve to eight, and eleven to six. Um, so the Diamondbacks, who we thought were going to be very fun, are very fun uh, because they're scoring a lot of runs. Um, even though they didn't for the first three games of the season, they went they lost uh, eight to two, one two to one, and then lost ten to one. And then all of a sudden, actually, the first whole series, they won two to one on that Sunday, too. And then all of a sudden, the offense just started clicking. So um, fun stuff. But they've, they've got uh, they've got Milwaukee for a three game set here to begin the week this week. So that'll be uh, interesting, interesting uh, series between two hot teams. Uh, last hot team that I wanted to really talk about, though, was the Pirates. I mean, we we you kind of touched on it for Brian Reynolds, but I mean, the Pirates are six and three right now. Um, I could be wrong, but did they just take a series from the um White Sox? They took a series from, or they took a series from the, the, Sox? Red, the Red Sox. They they took they swept the wow they lost two of three to the Reds, then swept the Red Sox and took two of three from the White Sox, and now they get Houston and St. Louis this week. So as fun as it was being good for a <laughs> yeah. little bit, <laughs> come to a screeching halt. Yes, probably. 
Um, but man, it's it would be so cool if they uh, if they became half decent for like no reason. Um, Give Brian Reynolds a reason to stay. Exactly. Um, but a big part of that was O'Neill Cruz, and that is where the um, unfortunate news comes in: is that O'Neill Cruz fractured his ankle sliding into home plate today. He slid awkwardly into uh, 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 Sebi Zabala. I I can never pronounce his name correctly. I think it's I think it's Zebi Sabala or or Sebi 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 with a with a B. All right, Sebi (laughs) Zavala. Yes. Um, slid awkwardly. It was a weird throw that pulled him to the like to the fair territory side of home plate. And Cruz, I think, was was trying to slide that way and ended up running into Zavala. And uh, and actually, the bench is cleared from that, which was horrible considering the guy was literally just down on the field with a broken ankle. Yeah. They um, made sure to uh, get out of his way, though. Yeah, good. <laughs> I never actually saw the clip, but um, but it's brutal for the Pirates, and especially for O'Neill Cruz. I mean, he's, he's one of the uh, – one of the more electric players to watch in all of baseball. So um, we're hoping he comes back soon and maybe the pirates can hold down the four while he's gone. Um, and what really is a month where they can have a winning record. I mean, they've got Houston and St. Louis and then they've got Colorado, Cincy, Dodgers and nationals to end the month. So three tough series, three easy series. Yeah. Set, so, them, set themselves up well going into that yeah so we'll see um we'll see what happens with the pirates but the cruise injury is something to monitor especially from a fantasy perspective um for those of you who play like i know cooch you've got you've got o'neill cruise and that's just yes i will have to uh make some pickups yeah maybe just probably just one maybe wait for some some guys to clear off the il but uh (laughs) but yeah the the clip of the cruise injury it looked painful um but the thing i think zavala didn't realize was that he was in that amount of pain his back was facing away from zavala so after he had tagged o'neill he kind of like bucked on o'neill a little bit like and it just almost like and not like like mocking him or anyway anyway the on deck hitter ended up taking offense to it, but he was closely followed by the rest of the Pirates dugout. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily just you know I don't even remember who was on deck, but it was mainly the in the entire team because they could see the amount of pain that Cruz was in, but Zavala didn't necessarily see it. Um, so it was an interesting dynamic, but Cruz did seem to be in a lot of pain, and it looked. Look bad from the get go, and it turns out it'll probably be something that keeps him out for a, a long period of time, which sucks to see, considering how electric he is, like you mentioned. But hopefully, he can get back on track and get the the rehab and everything he needs in, and he can come back and not skip a beat. Yeah, um, along the injury lines. Um, did you see the collision between Rugnet Odor and Travis Darnode? I did not. 
So Rune and Odor coming to the plate. Darno gets the throw ready for the tag, and Odor basically just runs over Darno. Um, actually, Darno ended up with a concussion from the play, so he's going on the injured list. Um, and Odor never ends up touching home plate. The ball gets away. Odor never touches home plate. And Hashiang Kim comes in and scores, but Kim is then ruled out because he passes Odor technically on the base pass. Yeah. Crazy stuff. And it all ended up with Travis Darnold getting a concussion after having a phenomenal start to the year. Um, so one of those kind of one of those things that um they're glad that they have Sean Murphy right now. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but that it's a very that's a very rough, rough way for uh for your catcher to get a concussion. And it reminds me a lot of uh of Posey when when Posey got run over. He I think he got a concussion once and then like broke his leg second time, was it? Yeah, it was something like that. He was one of the main reasons why they ended up taking away this yeah. the whole collision rule in general. Yeah. Um so crazy, crazy stuff. Um and uh like like O'Neill Cruz, we wish we wish Travis Sarno the best. But uh, last injury thing, real quick. Um, Austin Meadows heading to the IL for the second straight year in the month of April with um, uh, to figure out his mental health. Probably shouldn't say this, and I'm going to be a little bit controversial here for a second. But this frustrates me very much as a Tigers fan because last year he left, went on the 10-day IL, and, like, never came back because of all this. So now he comes back this year, starts the year pretty decent. Like, he's batting, he was batting over 300, starts the year pretty decent, and then doesn't stay. It goes on the 10-day IL again, more mental health stuff. I don't know what's going on with him, but like, can we figure it out? I, I I'm trying to say yeah. that as, as well as possible without <laughs> without being canceled here. Um, but yeah. it's like, I, no, I, I can easily see see how the you know, like the Tigers fan base in general is going to be you know a little bit more upset about this than yeah. others i mean it's not like we're going to be good never, it would suck, it's never like, it's never good to see a guy go to the il and then it's never good to to hear that it's for mental health reasons and, and yeah. things of that nature that's you know it's obviously no joke if if serious you know obviously go get the help you need and, and everything um yeah. get back on track and come you know, baseball is always secondary to any of that stuff. You know, you don't want that to be the root cause of all your issues and everything when it comes to that. So hopefully he can figure it out, come back as soon as possible. But I understand what you're saying because it's alluding to some long absence that he will probably go on. That is more than a 10-day IL stint, but it's, you know, Fingers crossed, everything's good. He'll come back. He'll figure it out. And it won't be that long, but history has shown that it may not be just 10 days. So, I mean, last year, 
I mean, yeah, but we probably weren't going to be very good last year anyway. But I mean, at the end of 2021, Tigers showed promise, ended up six games under 500. Um, and at that point, you look at it like, okay, maybe things are turning around. Like the young guys will start coming in. This is great. Spencer Torkelson Spencer comes in. Money. Exactly. Spend some money on Javi Baez, who is horrendous, by the way. Um, and Erod. And Erod. Uh, Erod is is not bad. Erod is not bad, but that that was along the lines as last year, where he goes to the IL and literally disappears off the face of the earth. Um, No one had had any contact with him. No one knew where he was. Nothing for the longest time, and then he comes back towards the end of the season, and now we're here. So, feels like a recurring cycle, but. It's not like we're going to be good anyway. So I have no reason to complain, really. Um, or all the reason to complain, whichever way you look at it. Um, so, yeah, that's enough Tigers banter. Uh, let's talk Cardinals. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk, let's talk Cardinals. How about the good Cardinals news first? Uh, Jordan Walker is really good. He's really good he at is baseball. Really good. Yeah. Um, he, he's good at, he's good at, at, at the ball uh, hitting and the um, the bat to ball skills, um, so Jordan Walker I think went like one for something today, which improved his hitting streak to nine straight games to start his major league career, uh, which is very good. Yeah. Yes, he is. MLB Pipeline posted on Instagram saying that. Jordan Walker is only the third player 20 years old or younger to record a hit in their first nine games. This is all since 1900, though, by the way. And it's just Jordan Walker, Ted Williams, and Eddie Murphy. That's a pretty pretty good crowd. Yeah, some solid company there for Jordan yeah. Walker. Um, we, we knew that he'd be good. Um, he's showing that he is everything as advertised um it's been cool to see how they've integrated him in the lineup and not only that but also having him in the lineup for these first nine games straight you know for to even have him have the opportunity to get this is is pretty amazing in its own right so kudos to jordan walker on not only getting the opportunity but flourishing in those opportunities yeah um can we talk about how big Jordan Walker is for a second? He's gigantic. 6'6", 245. He is literally my size, but I'm sure he has a lot more muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I have not watched the Cardinals yet. <laughs> Dude, it's huge. Well, he's hit, He's consistently hitting 105-plus singles. Just ground balls through the middle. That are just I'm gonna go absolutely to, barreled. I'm gonna go to his uh his stack or his uh yeah stack house numbers real quick. Let me go to baseball savant and uh let me see what we can get on Jordan Walker here for a sec. I'm curious like what his hard hit percentage is and everything, like what his analytical numbers look like, even though my there we go, it wouldn't load for a sec. So we got oh wow, he's a second one coming up. A lot of people <laughs> are searching him right now. Um. All right. Show me what I'm looking for. 
His max exit velocity this year already is 114 miles an hour. <laughs> his hard hit percentage is 60%. That is the top 7% in the league. That is incredible. He, every time I mean, he makes contact be, with the ball, it's over 100 miles an hour. It's going to be him. out of 10 times. It's going to be him, Judge, Stanton, Cruz, which obviously sucks that Cruz got hurt. But if that that's going to be the leaderboards for quite some time. Yeah, is those that mixture of those guys and then mixing in some Jordan here and there. Wait a second, he's in the 88th percentile in speed. Yes, he's fast too. Uh, it's a new, it's a new brand of baseball. The O'Neill Cruises, the Jordan Walkers, where and it's Shohei, where they just hit bombs, hit balls hard, and run fast. Yeah, this guy is. Um... He's a freak. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. What the fudge? <laughs> I can't wait to look at his stack ass numbers in like like in a month. I just want to yeah. see what they'll look like in a month once everybody's gotten the sample size in. You just take a screenshot now and then compare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this is just for 2023. So like Obviously, there's not a whole lot of sample size there in terms of like average exit velo, max exit velo, hard hit percentage. Well, that's the thing is the reason he was so highly touted coming up is because he's been doing that in the minors. Like it's Mm. this is no surprise that he's hitting the ball this hard. I am a little bit worried, though, that he could be a Jordan (laughs) Outwood. Such a stupid thing to say that I'm worried that he could be a Jordan (laughs) Outwood. But Um, he probably will benefit a lot from being a DH because, like, his outs above our average is in the 19th percentile right now. It's horrible. Yeah, um, that's, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, so uh, not a very good defender, but that can always improve if you're well. Hit. The thing you're is, batting 350 and getting and getting a hit every single game. <laughs> yeah, third third base is supposed to be his primary, and obviously he's not going to play third base since. St. Louis. So <laughs> thinking not with that outs above average against a platinum glove winner seven times. Well, well, that's the thing is his his defensive sample size right now has only been from him in right field. So yeah, that's fair. That that could be a little skewed just because that's not maybe where he feels comfortable. Yeah, just ask Jazz Chisholm. Um, <laughs> yeah, who does look a a little sketchy out there in center for the Marlins, but. Hopefully he can get his feet under himself. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's stick with the Cardinals and go with the bad news. Uh, kind of the bad news. I, I'm kind of mad we don't have uh, Mike here to talk about this because he brings kind of the devil's advocate side to this. So... Um. I guess here's where we'll start. So in the Braves series against the Cardinals, um, Acuna throws out Tyler O'Neill from right field um, at home by a decent chunk. Um, and in the small sample size of camera showing Tyler O'Neill, he is not running full speed. And we know that Tyler, like, let me go to Tyler O'Neill's baseball savant page. I mean, <laughs> the guy – the guy he's pretty fast he runs he runs fast um like 
For example, his sprint speed is in the 83rd percentile. He's a fast guy, fat, very fast guy. Um, so, Ali Marmol um, then benches Tyler O'Neill the next day um, and cites in the media that he did not hustle and that they have a standard standard in St. Louis, and when the standard is not met, you will not play. I believe that was his exact quote, um, when the standard is not met, you will not play. Um, and so then Tyler O'Neill comes out to the media about a day later or so and says, I wish this was handled internally. Um, I, I, I wish it was not handled publicly. Um and uh, what he said, one more thing that kind of stuck out to me. I texted you all about it, I think, today or yesterday. Um, um, oh, no, um, I got it all. Um, he, he basically told me, he was like, I just wish it was handled internally and not set out to the public. Um, and from what I've heard, I I don't think Mike Mike says that this was handled internally and that it will not become an issue in the locker room. Um, and I yeah, it, I disagree there. Yeah, because it seems as though they're talking to each other through the media. Yeah, yeah, and that's not the way, the way Tyler. This is the second time this has happened to the way Tyler was saying thing like speaking to the media was as if they hadn't talked about it yet yeah which not makes it yeah which isn't the best scenario because you want to have that you know manager player connection and everything you know you want i would say most of the time if something can be handled in-house you would want it to be handled in-house you know that's not something you if the going to the media is the last thing that I think most guys and organizations want in general. So it, this whole dynamic of them talking through the media raises some questions. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to how it will affect the team down the road, um, especially if they're losing. Right. Um, and which are three and six to start the year, given they've had a tough schedule to start the year. But um, uh, if, if you don't turn it around quick and start winning baseball games, your season can derail. Yeah. Because now you have benched a guy, went public with it before, potentially before talking to him internally and talking with the team internally. And now you're not winning baseball games. That locker, that that clubhouse is, is not yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Uh, and- I mean, so I, I I can see I can see Ollie's thought process through the whole thing is because, you know, sure. you can you you bench, you know, one of the stars of the team. And honestly, he is one of the. I, I, I think top two or three longest tenured players on the team now, um, you bench him for a lack of fossil. So that says to everybody else, okay, you know, Ollie means business. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're not showing out, then you're going to get pulled, obviously. Okay. If that is all that, if that's all that it was, 
we wouldn't be sitting here talking about how he's gone to the media and and Tyler O'Neill. It, it's like this whole secondary thing that makes it seem like they can't they they weren't able to figure it out by themselves or they didn't attempt to figure it out by themselves. So I see the thought process, but it just wasn't executed very well, I guess. Yeah. Um, it but, could have been handled a lot better. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what you say as a manager. That, I mean, this is why I'm not a manager and this is why I don't deal with the media um, is because I don't know what you say as a manager when you bench a guy and people start asking questions. Um, right. But I, I, you have to just deflect the question until you talk about it internally. And then you come at you probably come back the next day and say, Tyler and I have had a conversation. He right. he understands that the hustle that he displayed the other day was unacceptable in our mm. clubhouse, and we hope that and and we have a plan to fix that in the future or yeah. something like just something better than if you don't hustle, you don't play. Yeah, and like, I would I would imagine they had some sort of conversation. Uh, like as, to, as, probably, he, it, as he pulled them out, he probably had to have had a conversation with Tyler in the game in the dugout, saying you need to hustle blank blank blank. Sure. If he, if Ollie had started the conference off with Tyler and I have had a conversation already, yeah, and then it was because of his lack of hustle, yeah, then it wouldn't be a thing. But it was, I guess, this imaginary conversation or if they didn't have a conversation about him pulling him has turned into just ollie saying he pulled him from for lack of hustle and then tyler being like you know not caught off guard if they didn't talk about it but he takes offense to not having a word with the manager before he goes to the media it's just a weird dynamic um obviously i they hope they can figure it out. I hope they can figure it out. I'm sure Mike does too. Um, with the three and six start doesn't bode well if uh you have you have some issues in the locker room or conflict with the manager. So yep. And going back to the whole him being one of the longest tenured guys, if there is confliction in the dugout, I would imagine most of the players are going to side with the long, one of the longest tenured guys of the team over a second year head coach, I guess. I mean, first year, first year manager in term and everything, but whatever, all that aside, I would imagine, you know, Tyler O'Neill is not on an Island by himself in that locker room. I'd imagine. So they, uh, Hopefully they figure it out, but, but I, I hope so too. I really hope so too. Um, they also need to see how it plays out. They also need to figure out their pitching. So yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, the pitching is a big issue in St. Louis right now. Um, yes, like their their pitching numbers are um, bad to to say the least. Um, like if I can get to them really quick, let's see. In ERA, they sit at a they sit nineteenth in all of baseball. Um, in WHIP, they sit in twenty seventh. In runs allowed, they um 
Not bad. They sit 14th. Um, regardless, though, um, and again, they have played a tough schedule. So I believe their schedule so far has been Toronto, very good team. Braves, rather good team. Very good team. Um, and the Brewers, who are very are good right team. next to the Rays, is probably the best yeah. of the baseball right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they took two of three from the Blue Jays, then got swept by the Braves and lost two of three to the uh, Brewers. So thankfully, coming up, it gets very easy uh, for St. Louis. It is Colorado, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Um, I probably shouldn't add Arizona in there just yet, but historically speaking, that's a pretty easy <laughs> yes. Um, not so we'll see take, what we'll see what they take Nicholas. five of eight from the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe, maybe my, the Diamondbacks uh, are our sweetheart this year. We'll see. Hopefully, that'd be fun. That could they could be uh, my Survivor League pick this week. I guess now I have to do it now that I've said it. So, <laughs> I feel like you might have to. Yeah, I'll do that. I, I, I will personally say, because this doesn't come out until tomorrow and people might not listen to it all the way through before it picks lock, um, I can personally say I did not pick them solely because of this locker room stuff. And, like, <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> what's going to yeah. happen over the next week. The so, thing uh, is, yeah, the thing good. is, they're playing the teams you mentioned. However, it includes... The Rockies series being in Colorado. So with that said, their offense will put up runs, <laughs> probably more than they have been. So maybe their pitching can ideally figure something out and just let up the same amount of runs <laughs> is the, the most I will ask for is – just, just be the same and let your offense play better in let him, let Colorado, like every offense does. Let them cook. Yes. <laughs> let them cook. Uh, nice little homecoming for Nolan Arenado coming up, by the way. Yes, for sure. Uh, Always is. Otherwise, any final thoughts? Can't wait for my Red Sox to break the the Rays streak and a Corey Kluber start. <laughs> Forgot who the Tigers even played this week. That's how much I'm keeping up with it. And any oh god, at Toronto Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, brutal. The amount of runs that the Blue Jays are going to score on the Tigers <laughs> is absurd. Um, and then we're home against San Francisco, which not a fan of that either. The rest of the month is horrible, dude. This month for the Tigers is just brutal. <laughs> You've got at Toronto for the, the rest of the way. So you got at Toronto, home against San Fran, home against Cleveland, at Baltimore, at Milwaukee, home against Baltimore. When the Orioles are the worst team that you play in a month, things are not looking good for your organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is this is the flip side of the Pirates' hot start is – 
they've set themselves up to go into these hard series where the Tigers have not done such a good job of setting themselves up going into these series. It doesn't get any better to start May either. We have three home games against the Mets at St. Louis, at Cleveland, home against Seattle. (laughs) No way. We might win five games (laughs) through (laughs) mid-May. That is incredible. Oh, God. Look for the Tigers to set the worst 30-game mark in Major League history. <laughs> 30, I mean, it might be even 40 games at that point. Um, it I'm sorry, sorry to hear that, Ryan. Yeah, it's not going to be good. After that, though, Pittsburgh, Washington, Kansas City, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get you gotta get back to these uh more division games where yeah. you, where you can beat up on the Royals. Some. Yeah, uh, I am going to that Baltimore game though on uh on the twenty third, April twenty third. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing Miggy in his final year. So yes, that'll be fun. Um, any other final thoughts? Anything? Nope, I'm all good. All good. All let's right. Survive. Let's survive another week of the Survivor. Yeah. Since I'm the host of it, I really hope I survive another week. Yeah. That would take a lot of it out of me. (laughs) That would suck. Um, Otherwise, we will see you all next week.